You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show. You're joined here today by myself, Clancy Overall, editor of the Batuta Advocate, and Errol Parker, editor at large. How are you, Errol? Good, mate. Always good. How are you? I'm going well. I'm excited about today's episode. It's a guest we've been chasing for quite a while, uh, elusive guest, a household name in Australia, as we'll get into in a mm. bit. You're a big fan as well. Yes, you know, when he was walking up the stairs into the studio, I thought it was the former Victorian Premier Jeff Kennett. But um, as it turns out, it was uh, Greg Pickover. The audience might know you as uh, as H.G. Nelson, but it's actually Greg. Correct. Never knew your real name until today. Even, <laughs> even, even then at Secrets of Our City, I thought you were doing that the first season under H.G. Nelson. You know? Well, it, it is a trick to yeah. be able to be two people. Mm. Um, and I have to ask the director every so often, oh, look, watch out here. We might end up in a bit of trouble with H.G. Yeah. looming when he shouldn't. Yeah, but yeah. generally speaking, I try and discipline myself to make a mark. What's, what, what people sometimes confuse is, though, that the, the sensibility of one is different to their mm. expectation of what it's going to be. Yeah. So... I try and let other people tell the story. I don't want to interfere too much. Whereas HG would interfere all the time and, yeah. you know, try and respond to what they say. So yeah. I just let them try and tell it as boldly as I can. This is in your new programs. Uh, but can we just start from, from mm. the beginning with uh, when you kind of first entered the public eye, you yeah. became a household name, you were in Alias and so was your partner in the yeah. Roy and HG. What was the decision to go Alias with in the early days of your career? Was that to protect future work in media? Um, look, I don't know that we thought that through that much. Yeah. Um, okay, this is going back a long time. Is We like the idea that uh, <clears throat> sporting commentators were fictions of people's imagination in the way that people would think of Ray Rabbits Warren, yeah. a bloke called Rabbits, <laughs> you know, what could it be, and Warren and stuff like that, yeah. and the way he talks and so on, and imitating the way he talks. Yeah. And, you know, being able to do that. We always thought they were characters. Yeah. And, of course, this is a bit lost now. It's not quite as clear that characters play the games of rugby league or AFL or anything. The great characters in the game now seem to be in things like tennis. Yeah. So you have Kyrgios and Tomic I see's back, which yeah. is great news. <laughs> um, and, and Or, you know, Rafael Nadal or, yeah. you know, figures like that. They're superstars. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we were trying to get to. And where we kind of noticed at the time you again you don't notice this so much now is that half the commentators were old players who would still be able to do it if only management had the sense to let them run on yeah. to open the bowling to actually be the in the full forward or be the hooker that they always knew they were we always felt that they were itching to get back on in the history of of course we didn't realize that this would become such a thing you know that you know so you know, pioneering, the pioneering work of the great Sam Newman or mm -hmm. in the AFL or, you know, the, of course, Rex Mossopel, people yeah. like that in the rugby league. Um, you know, we never realised that then you'd have shows like uh, the the Bow Champion, if I got the right uh, person, you know, the, making a, a, a show on uh, Foxtel, you know, yeah. sort of a post-Hooter show on Foxtel yeah. and yeah. the hours that you have to fill and stuff yeah. like that and the inexhaustible... Remember, it's a very simple game. The inexhaustible bolt-ons that you can get into this thing. Well, when, when you guys first, uh, when the two of you first kind of hit the screen, it probably was a perfect time. It was almost peak 
with these characters because we had, you know, Fatty and Sturlo oh, exactly. on the exactly. footy show and then we yeah. had Roy and HG. That's right. <laughs> and remember, of course, they all had names like The Bear. Um, he was in Maurice and he used to be on Channel 9 or yeah. The Moose yeah. who used to be on 10 and they used to The Falcon. It. The Falcon, that's right. And then, of the course, Chief. We, we, <laughs> The Chief. And then we got lucky with The Parrot, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were able to add on things like that. But I, I don't. I, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't think that we were very. We just thought that was fun. Yeah. You know, we just thought that was a s- silly idea. I always thought Nelson was a classic Australian name, and Johnny says that when he grew up, the cops, if a car went missing or somebody, you know, knocked off a post box, yeah. they'd always go round to the Slavens. That yeah. that was a, 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 a family of great repute, <laughs> ill repute in the area. Yeah, of Lithgow. Yes. So, what was the transition like going from being on the radio to being on television? Like, uh, did you have to go and do a short course at NIDA or something? Or no, <laughs> um, just up the energy. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure really what I'd say if people were think were listening to this and they thought I'm on radio now. How do I get on television? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Remember, of course, as you you guys are discovering luck plays such an important part in all of this mm-hmm. is it you does. do things and yep. do things people don't notice all of a sudden you get lucky people mm-hmm. notice um it's a as i'm sure i'm not telling you anything you don't know already it's it's a, a thing where it's a the entertainment industry is like a bus it sometimes stops at the stop you're at you clamber on and moves on mm-hmm. then sadly of course the bus stops and asks you to get off <laughs> yeah. and so it's like that um the idea now, of course, is that social media has changed all this, but in the end, luck still plays an enormous part. Yeah, it does. Do you remember a moment where, I think personally, the moment I remember was uh, the Olympics, the yeah. dream. That, you know, these guys are hitting their straps. Yeah. Do you remember, was there any particular moment for you? The, the um, I've got to be honest, is the show that was done before that which was called Club Buggery which was a show which not many yeah. people noticed was in, you know, from our point of view an incredible show <laughs> yeah. a parody of the sort of show that would have been at a league's club yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. in the previous generation so you felt the wheels turning yeah. 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 yeah you probably couldn't call a show that now could you, you? couldn't no sadly <laughs> no. you couldn't no no, no. The, I'd the like to try a hell of a time <laughs> yeah, weren't they right. the, 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 um, I, I, a moment when you thought this is working this is hard because often the great moments, um, like the when, when immediately asked that, like the mascot bomb off in the in the Olympics, mm. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, right. We created this fatso, the fat ass wombat, yeah. as a perfect Olympic mascot. But then when they came to film it, what they did was they did the right thing of use the technology and the commentators that were covering the Olympic diving events yeah. and apply it to a bomb-off between the mascots. <laughs> so as you had the, exactly the right tone, you had the intonation, you had the the sort of the whole thing, but I, I didn't have anything to do with it. They dreamed it up. The director and the crew dreamed it up and filmed it. It's great that the production kind of worked in your favour in, in that it, particular... It did, yeah. it did. And, and remember, uh, I'm trying to think of a moment, if you said to me, OK... Uh, the first television I can remember, this is really hard to imagine. They used Nine's got a program called Today, which is still there, but it often used to have a program before it called Business Today. Yeah. And they asked Business Today asked us to do something, and I sort of looked at the phone and thought, mm, maybe. What do you want us to do? Now that was something where once we'd done a few of those, I realised that you could apply the ideas that we had. I mean. The guy who ran that was a guy called Michael Pascoe. Anyway, he's he had the idea that you could apply what we did to sport to business. Yeah. And I thought, 
okay, if you can do that and make it work, then you can almost go anywhere with this. Yeah. So it doesn't answer your question completely, but I thought that was the first television bit where yeah. you felt as though I'm not embarrassed by doing this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like, you know, with your new show you're doing now, which is uh, Secrets of Our City, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not particularly new, you're in season two now? Second series. Se- second yeah. series. And, and you are exploring a lot of different, you know, household names, like a lot of Bondi and, and Fitzroy and Fremantle you've done, you've covered and you've, and you've told a lot of stories that are quite interesting that people might not know that were so popular kind of at the time. But you grew up in a very interesting part of Australia, uh, the Barossa Valley. Well, you were born there. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I should correct this. Is yeah. that there's a lot of suggestions on Wikipedia about where HG might have come from, yeah. and whether I've bothered to correct these or not, I, I couldn't care less, <laughs> honestly. So, is the Barossa Valley is where HG comes from? Oh, right. Greg okay. comes from a completely different part. It is an interesting part of Australia, though, the Barossa Valley, uh, and it would make a good, uh, yeah. a good uh, subject. So, so I was going to ask: Are you are you Dutch or German background? Do you speak no, Barossa the, Dutch? The surname's a bit hard to find an origin for it. Yeah. The Greg is um, because of the unusual spelling is uh, Greg with an I. Yeah, yeah, is a is a surname in the family right. that is dragged back as a Christian name. Yeah. The surname being on the maternal side, so yeah. that gets lost in the in the history of naming. Yeah, and so it's a sort of a ridiculous mm. idea, really. Yeah, right. But and when we were kids, we used to go to the Barossa a lot for holidays. Mm. And um, I found it just a weird world. Mm. The names of places, the food they the ate, the bratwurst, <laughs> the whole thing of it was just weird. Yeah. Vines, lavender, you know, you know, it was just a very unusual part, even though it's obviously very close to Adelaide. But you were a free settler. You were <laughs> a free settler. <laughs> you were a South Australian. Yeah, what a beautiful yeah. way of putting it. Remember, of course, Adelaide was set up as a business. Yeah, it was. You know, it's a completely different idea of how to establish Cloudy beer. Yeah. yeah, and hip hop. <laughs> oh yeah, the hilltop woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keeping keeping a flame a flickering. <laughs> so so you were South Australian Adelaide. Yeah yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Um, the thing that happened was um, we lived in a part which was um, probably housing commission, but they were separate houses. I they'd probably build that still, but they're, they're you, not weren't, very you weren't much. in the flats. You were in no. House, that's yeah. right, in flat on the yeah. ground. Yeah. But then my parents got lucky and uh, bought a block of land which was on the edge of the city. I mean, it's not the edge of the city now, but this was yeah. growing up. So it was surrounded by vines, and yeah. they they had some idea of a sort of hobby farm idea on the edge of the city. And then, the, as luck would have it, this became valuable to the expansion of the the fossil fuel industry. Oh, yeah. And so they were able to sell the uh, land or a petrol station and a hotel. Yeah, right. And that fueled uh, a certain change in our fortunes or the okay. family's fortunes. <laughs> so you were kind of an outskirts... Family. And outskirts, and yeah. pissed off that me family decided to move from that part, which was all bikes and yeah. uh, jumping off the jetty and all that sort of stuff <laughs> at Brighton, to the other side of town, which had none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, there were kids that we knew in the patch and all that sort of stuff. When we went to the other side of town, it was really hard to find people who you knew in the area. It was a bit disappointing. Well, Prospect is the Prospect. Home. Yeah. It is the home of the R.M. Williams boot. Oh, it is the home of the R.M. Williams William boot. You know you're Adelaide. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It's, it's on the tag of every shoe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. There we go. Five Percy Street Prospect. Five, five Percy yeah. Street Prospect. That's right. Now, you, uh, you spent a bit of time working as a roadie. Yeah, okay. Or is this, is this HG? Quite a lot. Or is this... Uh, we- no, this would be Greg. <laughs> um, HG couldn't get that sort of employment. 
what happens here is is that uh, I've got no musical skill at all, mm-hmm. but I was always kind of able to, you know, from a, a background of building sets might have been the first job I got in the theatre to thinking, well, I can put this together, this plugs in here and so on, to being able to understand certain things about how bands operated. I spent a lot of time doing that, and because there was a certain restlessness in everybody at that that age of their life, we were able to kind of get jobs. And this has got to do with Adelaide being a place where bands came to. So they're always looking for help. Yeah. Meaning that the main roadie had come and you're the assistant roadie. A lot of a lot of the great roadies came from Adelaide. We we've actually met a, a couple, especially with that kind of um, ten pound pom era rock. Ah, oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Elizabeth, so Elizabeth, the Octagon. Uh, although it gets very confused because things, big bands like the old bands like the Masters Apprentices, they Glenelg based, but there's tons of bands that come from Adelaide. Like, yeah. Kind of get going and then yeah. move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they take and they take the local lads with them. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. So you didn't get taken with Billy Thorpe. No, the other way round. Billy Thorpe came and I got to work with him there. Yeah, right. uh, it didn't mean that I didn't work with other bands. And in fact, that that became quite a thing early on. So I could understand how to make concerts and we did uh, a lot of work with Triple R in the early days and yeah. so on with uh, you know live concerts, live events. So John Doyle, uh, Roy. Yes, sir. He's he's a he's a South Australian as well. Oh no 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 no, no. Christ no yeah no Christ no no, no. Not he's Lithgow Lithgow and yeah. Newcastle. Oh beautiful yeah, yeah. two beautiful towns especially and when he, he was a kid. That. Well rugby league rugby <laughs> league. Yeah. Yeah. He he has that coal town twang. Doesn't he does he? Yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah him and Laurie Oaks. Yes that's right. No he uh, grew up in Lithgow and like very proudly Lithgow and then I think went to uni at. Newcastle, which oh, is right. a very common thing in those days. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure where, the, where that pattern goes. He actually down. might have been there before the prisons, which uh, would have been a very different town back when. Who was the Flash that came out of there? Uh, the Lithgow uh, Flash, Marjorie Jackson. Marjorie Jackson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's but three. three for prominent. instance, he says, he says at, um, at um, school holidays he worked in the the armaments factory, which yeah. I'm not sure what the yeah. history of that is, but he would go down and make bullets. If you put your windows down driving over the Blue Mountains, you get down past Lithgow. Um, if you smell carefully, you can smell the Wheat Bix factory, and as you leave town, you can smell the Tic Tac factory. Wow, and it smells exactly what you imagine it smells like, just burning Tic Tacs. Wow, isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Now, the latter one, I wouldn't have known, but the other one, the smell of the Bury, always yeah. reminds me of Wheat Bix soaking mm. in piss. Yeah. <laughs> so sort of particularly pungent tone to it, note to it. So you obviously had to do a bit of learning as a full-blown South Australian because... For a lot of Queenslanders, you exist in the mind of those origin kind of yes. uh, rebel yes. pirate commentaries well, yes. you do of origin, where you came up with some of the greats, you know, petrol, 70 cents a litre, uh, brick with eyes, all that stuff. Y- you had to you had to learn well, remember- a whole game, which a lot of people from down south don't do, unless they have a gambling problem. They don't learn... Uh, another football code that's right okay well the the thing here is is that i taught roy about afl and he taught me about rugby league and it is hard to learn a game as an adult because rules never make any sense yeah why is it six tackles? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. is a forward pass disallowed? That was a forward pass. Why don't it? The scoring in tennis. Yeah, the scoring in tennis. Yes, <laughs> yeah. there you go. There you go. You can only learn them as a kid. Yeah. So what happened was that I had uh, interest. I was lucky enough to kind of 
hit the league when I think um, the Eels were a very dominant side, yep. so they win their first flag and all that sort of stuff, and they had Sturlow and all those, the, the Zip Zip Man, etc., 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 the guru, and so on. And so this was a very easy transition to make because of the things we were talking about yeah, earlier, yeah. that somehow you'd created this team of characters, yeah. larger-than-life characters. Oh, Jack Gibson with the fur he coat. Was, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Ding looked, Dong, the witch is dead. Yeah, you know, he that, looked like um, one of those guys sitting front row at an Ali fight with the with the mink. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. I, I, I mean, I didn't have much... No, I don't, it's true. And remember, of course, the world around it is so was so things like the Taj Mahal and the show, the game at Cogarova, and then everybody going over to the Taj Mahal and stuff like that, <laughs> or the Penrith Panthers story and stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, all of that seemed to me sort of rich as an outsider, too rich to ignore yeah. in terms of humour, in the same way as... You know, sort of rural Australia now is writ yeah. large as a yeah. great exploit. Do, do, do you think it's as easy to find humour in AFL? Obviously, you know, with with the NRL, it's just it's it's a never-ending show. Yeah, Where, a lot of scrappers uh, that come through it, and make good. Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> it, right. It kind of seems like you know, from the perspective of a, of a Queenslander, that there is some type of decorum that there is in in AFL that doesn't really exist in rugby league. Um, I think it's tidal. I think mm. that the one of the problems for the AFL at the moment is it's going through a stage where the game is so uh, sanitised that it's and governance is the only thing of interest. Mm. So is concussion or yeah. uh, you know transferring from one team to another team, free agency. Uh, you know the Essendon saga really buggered it up with the the, the, the father son rule too. Yeah. The father son rule, one. yeah. So it's what, yeah, that's right. Very so weird. you have the, all these things that it kind of they, they, I noticed they're going to play a game for the fire people yep. you know they're raising money for the fire but mm-hmm. I'm not sure where we're up to with this but anyway the all, fire the, all the fires are out yeah all the fires are out that's right <laughs> that's what they call the game yeah. anyway <laughs> wait until a player gets injured a key player gets injured the howling will be yeah, enormous yeah. you know in oh. these sort of things where I where I think it is sort of in a, it's got itself into a funny relationship to society as a whole where people somehow seem to think that the, the, the way that the AFL behaves is the way the whole of Australia should behave. Yeah, no. And last year they got into terrible trouble. You may remember a couple of matches where they were overzealous in policing the crowd, so much so they had people on the boundary, one of whom stepped in and appeared to want to separate a couple of players. And I thought, whoa, this yeah. is just way yeah. too far. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, the thing is, the NRL throws caution to the wind. In a it, lot, does. A lot of it does. I it mean, does. on the weekend at the Nines, I was just reading that St George lost their three marquee players to injuries in a in, in a in a pre-season in a, in, nines exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> so they do throw caution to the wind. And I've got to say is that there's something about the the league where, you know, I mean the Matthew Lodge story, I mean, will yeah. we ever have somebody able to write it? That's the problem now. The <laughs> the story of a lad who went to New York and realized that no one knew about rugby league and he would show them about all about rugby league by obviously kidnapping people in an apartment <laughs> and saying, you know, well, I want to marry you and all this sort of stuff. And then come back and then as luck would have it, found himself in the Broncos who rehabilitated in the redemption story writ large and he decided to pay out of his own money the civil the civil damages that were awarded to the family he took hostage. And now, of course, he was then going to be part of the leadership group, even more redemption. And now he's done something. I want to say... A- it. ACL. Yeah, ACL. He is out. ACL yeah. has... He's going to spend more time off the field because of an ACL than... 
the he, aforementioned uh, yeah. kidnapping in New York yeah, City right. under well, Donald well, Trump. Well, well, yeah. Unfortunate hand. See, the rugby league does more redemption work than the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and also a lot of marketing. It, it, it is marketing. Well, that's the thing. Our friends on Hello that's Sport, the they call it marketing. In, in the AFL, they call it a scandal. In fact, it probably doesn't even make it to the newspapers because they've got a very good rug in the AFL. They, the, yeah, I, this is an interesting question. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to get out of it. I mean, the players who would normally would come up through the ranks and be thought about as draft prospects to continue the tradition of Favola or Plugger Lockett, they, they yeah. just don't get a game. Well, Dusty's the closest thing, but he's he's Dusty. a rugby league product as well. He is. He, he could easily be one a player who could swap from <laughs> AFL into rugby league quite effortlessly. I would and imagine. culturally, like just very close, seamlessly, very close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very close. The idea he left his car in the MCG car park for months afterwards. You know, he caught a flight the next day. His car yeah, that's was just, right. Yeah. I just also like the idea that. You know, they let it stay there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think probably you'd find in the AFL there's a lot of stories that aren't making it into the news because mm. the the AFL news is very sanitised. Mm. And remember, of course, we have more people covering AFL than we do playing the game. Yeah. Mm. So the stories are spread very thin. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Melbourne these days, aren't there? That's right. Well, And remember, of course, the great thing is if you want an AFL story, Adelaide's the place to go because the stupid rivalry really? between yeah. Port, yeah, Power yeah. and the Crows. Even more so than the West? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. It'd be an but ear-rung Adelaide's, thing. Adelaide's a smaller population to, to, to saturate a town with two AFL teams. Yeah, and remember you've got idiots running around in the media like Corns yeah. who has to draw mm. attention to himself by saying the most ridiculous things. And that's where it's gone now. It's yeah. gone into that level again yeah, yeah. rather than being on field. Yeah, yeah. The outrage should stay um, in, in the stands, really. That's and, right, and that's be, right. That's basically right, that's be focused right, that's on right. umpires. Yeah, I know. And that, I, it's an interesting problem. I mean, I do think a lot about it, why, why the AFL – finds it extremely difficult to do anything that's sort of right. Mm-hmm. So I was just explaining to your offside about the thing about the seven and the um, desire to kick more goals, and so they changed the rules. Mm. They made a foolish mistake, in my view, in asking a, a member of each team to come into the goal square at the bounds. They should have just asked the defender to go in the goal square <laughs> because this would give you a roaming, a roving forward or, you know, attacker to try and get the ball and uh, kick more goals. But they had the lowest score since 1952. <laughs> so the advertisers didn't get so their, their Indeed. They, no. they were crying, well, the reverse, not all the way to the bank, but wherever <laughs> they cry when they're not going to the bank. To the AGM. Yeah. And the show this week, which certainly is a big one, is presented to you by Stan's brand new season of Better Call Saul. That's right. Saul, the dodgy lawyer who was the star of the Breaking Bad prequel, Certainly would have excelled if he was around during the Sir Joe era, wouldn't he, Clance? Yes, I think he would have, Errol, because he gets things done, uh, unlike most legal eagles, and Sir Joe got things done as well. And in fact, the way Saul Goodman gets things done makes for very good entertainment. Yep, the brand new season of Better Call Saul has officially kicked off with new episodes dropping the same day as the US. And that's only on stand, so sign up today for your 30-day free trial and rip in. Makes for great entertainment. Now, you have covered the culture of sport, all codes, the Olympics, which, which was a, a great little um, glow-up for Australian uh, you know, media. To have all these uh, international athletes in, in Australia, a lot of them were watching you late at yeah. night. Now you are turning your, uh, your craft to something a bit different, which is enclaves of Australia, as yeah, opposed yeah. to you know, um, 
yeah. institutions and, yes. and, and football yeah. and, and, and sport, you're now focusing on suburbs and towns. Um, this is in, the, in, in a program, as we said, uh, Series 2, which is uh, The Secrets of Our City. I actually tuned in the first series and I was actually blown away by what I learned about Bondi Beach. Who, who could have known all those stories about, you know, Dragon and, and those bands mm. that kind of re- redirected yeah. the sewerage through know, a rock concert and, and all the those, heroin. All the heroin. The heroin, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's Brit Large. Yeah. 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 All the Kiwis. That's and the then, Bondi that I remember. Yeah, it's just like yeah, the Les Norton Bondi. You've got... On one end of the beach, you've got Russian Jews, and the other end of the beach, you've got Maori New Zealanders. And is that always been an interest for you? Just you know, scraping the surface on on what people well, view. Well, look, okay, it is. I mean, I, I'm endlessly fascinated. I mean, honestly, I'm way more interested in finding out about you here at mm-hmm. the moment mm-hmm. than telling you what I've done. You're talking about what I've done. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. And when you look at it, I'm five thousand times more interested in that. Uh, partly because I know what I've done, so yeah. and you know, sort of don't feel as though I have to tell anybody about it because that's me. Yeah. I'm interested in you and how yeah. you got to do this. My only advice would be, in terms of these things, is apart from treating it like a bus trip, is to try and be a moving target. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, that, is that because we don't, because I don't uh, just do one thing. Uh, I can't willingly suspend disbelief enough to call rugby league all the time. Yeah. Uh, so what I want to do is I don't want to get tagged too much with this thing because yeah. I'm, the only thing you know is that that'll go out of fashion. Yeah, yeah. That'll not be there in a couple of years' time. So you're kind so, of looking for a golden thread between all oh, these Well things. done. Yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect. So what I'm always doing is trying to look for the next thing. Yeah. But the next, this is the really good thing for me to work on because it allows me to be the gatekeeper to your story. Yeah. Well, your story. Yeah. It's not to do with me in opposing, yeah. thinking, oh, well, you made a mistake here. Why didn't you do that? It's to hear the drama of your life, mm-hmm. the drama of, you know, your experience and the changes that the experience that you had, how it affected you. That's mm. a that's writ large. And that and that's what interests you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. One of the great things of the tempo of the times is people don't seem to want to learn from experience. Yeah. They, might, they, they don't want to know that the whale cops it in Moby Dick anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they just don't want to know. Yeah. Well, tell us some of the things you learnt listening to these people around 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 Australia. Um, kind of Kalgoorlie, Fitzroy. Uh, okay. So what, what surprised I, you the I, I, most? Okay. What was the biggest I, revelation? Okay, one thing that I've always well, I was always down on Malcolm Fraser, mm-hmm. you know, because I always thought he was a very conservative figure, and I was stating the bloody Razor obviously. Fraser. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, vote Mal, eat pal, you know, that sort of stuff. Anyway. I've heard that one. In Not the, even Shorten could have come up with that one. In, in, in Footscray, there's this huge mural, which is in the show, to him because the Vietnamese community. Yeah. And I'm thinking, hmm, well, you know, I've got to talk about this and I don't feel that comfortable about talking Malcolm Fraser. But then you hear the stories and what he actually allowed. I mean, remember Tempo of the Times stuff. I mean, it's never going to be Peter Dutton. He's never going to, I'm honest telling you now, he's never going to get the treatment in a a show that Malcolm Fraser gets. Then still in that area, the... Alice Pung, the writer, you know, she's yeah. a writer. Her dad is Cam- they're Cambo- Cambodian, and he walks out of Cambodia into Vietnam to escape the Khmer Rouge. This is in the 70s. Then discovers he can't be a refugee in Vietnam, so he walks out of Vietnam back into Cambodia and walks south into Thailand, where he's able to become, which is a hell of a long way. I mean, yeah. this is a person yeah. serious. Yeah. I mean, serious dedication. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I couldn't do any of this. And um, walks... 
into Thailand and becomes a refugee to Australia and stays in the Midway Hostel in Footscray. And I said, oh, and how did you how did you begin work? And he said, well, the first day I was there, somebody offered to take me to work. I oh, know they got a job. That's right. He got a job and found his way to work and was it was making trailers, you know, like box trailers. And he said, within a day, the, the other people at work said, oh, and where do you live? And they said, oh, well, I stay in the Midway Hostel. Oh, we'll give you a lift. Yeah. This is out to Dandenong. And you think, wow, what, yeah. what an amazing Before place. people were pulling the ladder up. Yeah, that's right. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. It was a remarkable place. Yeah. Or the... the I mean, uh, it helps when you're a good Catholic. <laughs> well, separate, <laughs> separate issue, yeah. So what happens then, the next thing that happens was... <laughs> it's all the same. Well, remember, redemption, they can play rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing was things like uh, the guy Cavallaro and Son comes from the uh, the islands north of uh, Sicily, yeah. and the granddad. I'm not sure what brought the granddad to Australia. There was quite a lot of Italian immigration before the Second World War. Yeah. At the time of the Second World War, all the Italians were interred. You probably yeah. know all of this. And then, as soon as they and very treated very badly, assets seized, uh, finances seized, yeah. forced into la- forced labour. And then, as soon as they get out and return home, the first thing they see on the on the film at the newsreel was Arthur Corwell saying, "And I'm off to Italy to get a whole heap more of migrants who are going to make this country great." Yeah. And they look, well, hang on a minute, we've been here all this yeah. time, etc. Like this, it was ever thus. And and, and as particularly a lot of those um, up north, a lot of those Italians were kind of brought in for a little loophole post-white Australia policy where they didn't have to pay them as much. So they were indentured and then interned. And uh, I think there is a rather uh, strong anti-cop sentiment in some of these towns to this day because... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. And there are also lots of Italians who came in because um, they were prisoners of war. But where after the Second World War? No, 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 during the Second World War. Okay. And they were brought back here. Yeah. Jesus, that doesn't right. sound too uh, ethical. It's a very, uh, you know, the worst of those are, of yeah. course, uh, the uh, the blackbirding episodes yeah. of the, yeah. uh, you know, in the in the northern part of Queensland. So, yeah, you you're saying before you did the Gold Coast, which is great that the sun was doing this because, as far as anyone outside of the Gold Coast would tell you, and living there now, it's a very transient population. Gold Coast is just real estate agents and white shoes and and, yeah. and all of that. But there was this uh, a whole lot of different waves and cultural kind of uh, demographics and. Even people didn't. Sometimes people didn't even surf there for a long time. That's true. In fact, in fact, it's the the surfers' paradise part comes from rough water swimming, yeah. not surfing as we understand yeah, it. Yeah. And it, Bob McTavish, I think, is the person who pioneered a lot of it in the southern part. And so that superbank that's there at the moment, and Cool and Gatter and places like that, the, the southern part of it, that's within living memory being surfed. Yeah. I mean, you're not as a teenager, obviously, but within you know the 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 current. Yeah. wave of surfers who are surfing. That's still uh, something that's just developed relatively recently. Back, back to the uh, blackbirding, as you are mentioning, you yeah. said there was a lot of South Sea Islander bands uh, getting around the Gold Coast. Yes. Is that in the same kind of regard? Is it the same kind of people? Or was that... M- no, I don't, I don't think... I think they're completely separate. Yeah. Remember, of course, is that... And I'll never get the numbers right. The blackbirding starts about 1880, I think, just yeah. as slavery's winding down in America. So people have shanghaied off islands and bought yeah. in as indentured labour and sold to plantations. Yeah. And then the white Australia policy kicks in in the 1920s or, you know, in the 1900s. And all these people who have come 
as forced labour are then sent willy-nilly back to islands in the Pacific. And, of course, if you were Samoan and turned up in Tonga, you were dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they had no regard to where these the, the powers in Queensland, in particular, had no regard to where these people went. Just an island's an island to them. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah, an island's yeah. an island. And a person who looks Tongan is equally yeah. Cook Island, yeah, 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 et cetera. Yeah. So as, and there's that, I uh, don't know if you mentioned this, this rather sad cemetery there on the uh, near... Uh, I'll never get it. It's certainly been taken over by golf golf course, and so it's been moved. The cemetery that acknowledged all of this was ploughed under by a golf course by the council, and have to move down the road where it's. Is this buried, on the Gold Coast? On the Gold Coast, right? Yeah, hidden behind a uh, a series of on a near a roundabout. I, my streets on the Gold Coast, very vague. Yeah. Hang on, I might be in northern New South Wales now. Yeah, well, they they are work, they're working pretty hard to protect the wall that was built in the Tweed by. Uh, by the South Sea Islanders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think this is yeah. this is the cemetery maybe in the Gold Coast, maybe in a golf course, just south of the Tweed. Yeah. Right. So, but that's very bad um, of me. To... Chindera. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah. Chindera Cemetery. Yeah. The Maori influence. Everyone's always made jokes about uh, the Kiwis living on the Gold Coast, but yeah. the, the the way they talk about it is. Modern times, holidays, uh, you know, young blokes coming over like they used to do to Bondi uh, or Maroubra, young blokes coming over for a good time, find a bit of work in construction, yeah. maybe play a bit of footy. But you found that it was much longer ago that, that this was happening in the Gold Coast. Yeah, the, the, this is something where, the, I mean, I've not considered, the, you know, emigration because of entertainment. Yeah. But, of course, that's at large, you know, yeah. like uh, yeah. in the modern era, you know, you've yeah. probably got, I mean, the bleeding obvious, you know, things yeah. like Crowded House and yeah. so on. Or, Dylan Nupper's old man, yeah, all those right. old yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's... To Russell Crowe as well. Yeah, yeah. Russell He came here to entertain. that's right. You know, they were talking about the and other Sam day, Neil, firefight, you know, was... and they said Russell Crowe's going to be on. I thought, oh, you beauty, 30-odd-footed grunt. He's going to be back yeah. and stuff like this. But sadly, it was just a video message from Russell. Um, like or coming up with an acoustic guitar singing something. So the history of Maori entertainment into Australia is, is yeah. obviously a tried-and-true thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of odd things like, as I understand it, I think it was 2SM, like out of Sydney, could be heard in New Zealand. At night, that's hard to imagine that they had so much grunt that yeah. they could get to New Zealand. What? Really? Yeah, no. So you could hear on the AM, on the AM, not FM. Yeah, that's right. On at AM, night, but they would yeah. send that across. Whoa! No, no, I don't think they deliberately did it. That yeah. was just a thing that you could. Yeah, yeah. well, see, at night, I think um, AM travels a lot further because it, does. it doesn't have to compete with the solar radiation or something. Yeah, right. It, yeah, in so the they could hear SM. Yeah, and yeah. remember, SM was the big rock station. Yeah. Say then. Now, now it's John Laws. That's the, yeah, that's right. Now, um, John Laws retirement plan. Yeah, that's right. And you've never been trucked like this before. Yes, that's right. That classic album. Now, um, before that, though, there I'm not sure exactly how this happened, but the idea was that the Gold Coast was party central. Yeah. So they had the, these... It was a place where you could get off the hook. Yeah. So they had lots of things to do, like with the rise of the bikini or the, yeah. the rise of, as you're pointing out, coming down and getting wrecked. Yeah. So they had to entertain, and from I'm pretty sure the local council both turned a blind eye but realised if you started measuring the height of uh, bikini bottoms mm. that people would automatically think, well, we'll bugger it, we'll wear less than what yeah. they want, you yeah, know, yeah. stuff like that. So it had that 
Meter Maids. Meter Maids. So this is under Sir Joe, that era kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, right back then. Queensland's puberty. And then, remember, of course, you know, there was those weird things that I seem to remember from as a child of uh, people being sprayed with mutton fat. Yeah, yeah. From the, the birds, yeah, you know, beach inspectors. The, the, the sun, sunscreen that they used Sunscreen to, of the era. Yeah. Jeez. So Mate, the, the, the mayor it, of the Gold Coast used to wear a bolo tie. Like, it was real Wild West. It, it, was, it was very funny. And these <laughs> pyjama parties seemed to be the origin of it. And I'm not sure exactly... <laughs> pyjama parties. I know. It's a weird form of entertainment that people would go home, put their pyjamas on and then go out. But that was what you did on the Gold Coast, you yeah. know, went in Rome, yep. put the yeah. pyjamas on. So there was this rather loose, for want of a better way of a yeah. word that I'm not even sure what it means. Yeah. Anyway, Jupiter's so, Casino. Jupiter, yeah, yeah, in the modern era. <laughs> yeah. But they had that string of hotels, mm-hmm. rather large hotels, which did cater for family holidays. Yeah. But the kids were in bed, mum and dad could go out in the pyjamas. And then out of that, they had to... Actually, the have keys something. In the bowl. With, with, that's right. With, which then somehow drew people to the hotels. So one hotel, and I'm going to struggle here. There was the famous Surface Paradise Hotel, yeah. and then there were about the maybe, island. Yeah, there might have been t- about yeah. up to ten key yeah. hotels. As is often the way, put on a variation of what was there in the first place, which obviously was some variation on a Maori show band. Yeah, and then. They all seemed to occupy this weird space where but they all did the same thing. They all a mixture of rock and Maori songs and South Sea Islanders and language and culture and uh, I assume, you know, grass skirts swaying and things like this as well as close harmonies and yeah. stuff like this. And so it and then they all roamed around and were able to it's hard to imagine they all could play bass guitar as well as yeah. the saxophone. And interchangeable. Interchangeable, yeah. completely yeah. interchangeable. And so every pub had one of them going they on. They did. They did. That's and occasionally, like, there, there were old entertainers who somehow made it out of that. A famous one is Ricky May. Now, he's long gone, but he was my only contact with it at all, was right. Ricky May seemed to be able to do all of this. Yeah, uh, and I, I I can't remember them touring, even though obviously people who are listening to this yeah. might remember, oh, you know, they came down into New South Wales yeah. or maybe even to Sydney to some of the – because by, as you were pointing out, there were way earlier generations of New Zealanders here and the, the numbers boomed. Of, yeah. Might have been – I think there's in the show, it was uh, something like 600 in a certain time, but then a few years later it's into the thousands Yeah, of yeah. Well, they, yeah, the Hunters and all the, the all those different bands. I mean, they brought music with them. That was that's right, clear. that's yeah. right. Yeah. And like the Hunter, uh, Mark and um, and Todd, Todd, good yeah. on you, Mark and Todd. They grew up in a family that was, I think, one of the Fijian. Mum, yeah, yeah, that's right. The mum or the dad was Fijian, and yeah. they so they'd sing around yeah. and they learned all this stuff as children. And so there was never any. They just inhaled it. Really, yeah, yeah, the and skill. Then, Moved down to Bondi and uh, well, really even, ripped in. Yeah, even in Bondi, though, by the time they come to Bondi, there's a much sort of harder edge to it. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, back to the smack. Um, you know, there's a much, there's just a much back to the more. Smack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much more. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. a tempo of the times. Yeah, getting named in the Royal Commissions, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Well, remember, of course, this was, a, this was a time up there where people were beginning to seek it out as a holiday destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all those bands, as you pointed out in your Bondi episode, were integral in getting the sewerage redirected because it was co- the beach was covered in shit. That exactly. was another. Now, the, <laughs> the, the, the thing was about that they thought that they'd have maybe a hundred people turn up. The fact yeah. they got quarter of a million. They said so there was two hundred fifty thousand people what, on the beach for a music concert. 
Mm. Jumping Jesus. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and it was uh, such Rose a Tattoo, thing. that era. There was a lot yeah, of Rose Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. that sort of very... Uh, a very uncompromising music. I, I right. mean, it's hard to hard to kind of remember that the yeah. the bands could actually pull that sort of crowd. What, yeah. And that whole thing was just for the. They tried to. What they did was they had a a sewerage outfall. It's got yeah, to do yeah. with the history of sewerage in the city, which is itself an interesting thing. And they would. I mean, I can clearly remember going and swimming there and thinking, God, the first thing I've got to do is have a shower. Well, that's what they, yeah, they used yeah. to. The Bondi cigar. That yes, was the, that right. was the turd yes, floating. Right. In, the right. in fact, there was a band called the Bondi Cigars. I think they were a blues-based band, and they were around for a long while. And um, it was a place where it's okay. After the Second World War, you could buy a because of the Japanese attacks on Sydney, yeah, yeah. you could buy a house there for a hundred pounds. Mm. Everybody had fled to the Blue Mountains. Yeah, um, and so what and, I, and that's actually why the Jewish community took such a big hold of the area because they said this has got nothing on Europe right now. A couple mm. submarines. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. And also, then you had that. I kind of wish they'd come back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Go buy a waterfront. Yeah, that's right. yeah. 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 Go down to Vaucluse, pick yeah. up a house for a hundred pounds. Now the the the. A quick story here is to do with how the rise and fall of the suburb, they allowed high-rise to be built, especially up on the what I call the Dover Heights end, yeah. Yeah. high-rise to be built up there, which then fell into disrepair and became cheap housing. And this was reflected even down on Campbell Parade, so much so that within living memory, in my living memory, it wasn't a sought-after address, Bondi, yeah. in the way it is now. When we made the, the Bondi episode, we got a, taken around by a real estate guy and he said if you're not a CFO or a CEO I can't talk to you because yeah. I can't sell your property yeah 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 so the, the whole thing has changed from something where my partner's younger sisters used to live there but they were almost in they, they would consider they were slumming it yeah and the whole pattern was to move there and then drift down the coast yeah so you build up a bit of money there and drifted down towards Maroubra yeah, right, and, and and then eventually nowadays they've been costed out further south. Oh, I know, Malabar and yeah. even beyond that. Yeah, yeah. It's changed dramatically. Eden. Well, they skip Cronulla, go straight down to the Long Gong. Bay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Move straight in. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they drip down to Long Bay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Now, what else are you um, are you getting up to? Do you do any st- – you're doing stage? Well, okay, we're just sort of rust never sleeps, but um, – What's happened is we've just finished finished a, a rather abruptly a, a stint with Macquarie Sports Radio, yep. and they've gone R. through R. a big management change, yeah. and we got we got fired once and then rehired. Now we've been fired again from that, so we're not working for Sport Radio anymore, and yep. we're not sure exactly what's going to happen today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of hopeful that somehow, you know how all the tele sorry all the platforms are fishing for television content, mm-hmm. so Twitter, Instagram, and so on are all mm-hmm. nosing around television content what you laughingly what I'm calling television content yeah. uh, so we're thinking that maybe there might be an opportunity especially say with the Tokyo Olympics to yeah. come in and do something with that well let's put the word out now uh, Greg because we know these execs are listening to the Batuta Advocate podcast <laughs> yeah, we have two listen. ready willing and able with, um, with runs, on the, board, runs on the board so give them a call the difficulty is the same with for you guys is that you don't really want to well there's, there's nothing to tell really because there's a lot of moving bits and there's many a slip between cup and lip in what we do yeah yeah the format exists you're still Roy and HG oh yeah yeah yep. we're still more than happy to work as Roy and HG yep. and uh, still the enjoyment still remains the same I want to find out about what Roy's thinking about this the uh, rugby league season just getting underway, the nines or whatever it is, yep. and I find out exactly the same time as you. Yep. So I don't want to know beforehand. I want to ask him and, you know, has um, Matthew Lodge 
got a future in rugby league or is it the end for the plucky... He could be a Pathways ambassador. A Pathways ambassador. Grassroots uh, liaison officer. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's right. Pathways ambassador. That's right. Errol and I, back end of 2018, did a national tour as the Batuta Advocate editors and got to meet a lot of the um, dribblers that, uh, that kind of read us religiously around the country. Uh, some places were not as popular. Melbourne being one of them. Adelaide, we got moved down from uh, the Entertainment Centre to the Gov. But the Gov, um, yeah. in, in, <laughs> in Brisbane, we got QPAC. Um, and, and that was, as you said, you know, we jumped on the bus and that was the time to yeah. get on and that was the time to do something live. Have you, did Roy and HG ever sit um, on a table with a bottle of scotch and do anything in that capacity? Um, well, the, the difficulty with the... We have in the past, but it's always connected with something else. So as we have done live radio shows, yeah. uh, I'm not sure exactly how successful they have been. And we made live television. Yeah. The, the problem with stand-up for us is is that it doesn't it doesn't hold our attention yeah. as an as a thing to do. Mm-hmm. So and of course, you know, you make a television program, you think, oh, you might reach a hundred people. Mm-hmm. You make a stand-up show, and you might reach ten. Yeah. So it's it's very time-consuming and. We're not interested in repeating things. So people who do stand-up tend to repeat the same thing over and over again. Yeah. yeah. If we did that, we'd just change it all the time. Yeah. You uh, can't. You can't run off a script. I don't think so. No. No. I mean, it, you can, but and you, you know, you can play Hamlet. But um, what what we prefer to do is think. Well, something else has happened. Let's talk about that. You you did work in the circus though at some point. Yeah. Well, the circus was uh, one of those things where by um, we. Early on, there was a lot of uh, work done in theatre and education. You know that I don't know if you've ever encountered this idea that somehow that by taking plays and events out to schools, you can somehow improve the quality of reading and writing and arithmetic. Oh, this is what they used to call edutainment. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, it's got other things, <laughs> other names. Okay, so in in this, we as an offshoot of this, we developed a circus. Mm-hmm. I suppose, a series of circus acts. And I was an understander, meaning I was at the bottom of the pyramid or the, the too high or whatever it was. Eventually, I buggered my knees doing that. So really? so I had to hang up the um, the jock strap. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. Good luck with the next season. I hope we can get three, four, five more out of these ones because it sounds like if you can make the Gold Coast sound like an interesting place that's had all these things happen, you... You, you can do anything. When, when are you going to yeah. stop? Well, we'd know? like to go to Broome and yeah. then I was thinking like Wollongong, you know, you can go much more regional things yeah. and people say, well, Warrnambool, yeah. why stop? You know, you can yeah. go anywhere with it. Yeah. Uh, the, the one th- great thing about it though is is that the, the stories are, are unbelievable, that yeah. people come and survive the most ridiculous hardship. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to find a place here. And, of course, they add immeasurably, the, not a popular view in some parts, uh, immeasurably to the quality of life and yeah. have changed completely how Australians live. Well, we'll take you down to the uh, French Quarter of Batuta. Oh, yeah, very good. We'll take you down the, there for... Oh, a, yeah, the French Quarter just yeah, around the corner yeah. here. For yeah, some yeah, Oyster so. Mornay. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and we'll, um, we'll be in touch. Shabbly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Greg. That's Thank okay. You. Good luck. <laughs>